Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here on our 97th episode of the podcast, where we get a chance to talk to Coach Mitch Thompson from McLellan Community College in Texas. Coach Thompson is an absolute winner. He has won everywhere he's gone. From his time at Mississippi State as GA, where they've made World Series appearance when he was there. His time uh, at Baylor, nearly was nearly two, 20 years there, where three conference championships, 12 regionals, three supers, and a 2005 College World Series appearance. His time at Auburn, when he coached under Hal Baird, and was had a World Series appearance there in 1994. And to now being the most recent Division I JUCO National Championship in 2021. He was recognized this year at the ABCA as the National JUCO Coaches Coach of the Year. He continues to win in nine seasons. He's won over 300 games. He has won three conference championships. He has won three regionals, been second place at the Juco World Series, and, of course, now at the recent one in 2021, winning the national championship. He's had 16 draft picks in nine years. Really cool stat. The last four years, three out of the last four years, the top Juco draft pick has come from his program. Then three consecutive years, they've been ranked the number one in some form, in some part of the season. Over 100 players have gone on to four-year schools, 87 of which have gone to Division One. He's a constant winner. You'll hear throughout this time that we got a chance to talk about how he continues to learn, continues to try to get better, and also that he's going to continue to work on himself as he continues to ask his players to work on themselves. He's a servant leader. Continues to try and just pour into his players as much as possible. So it was really a pleasure to speak to Coach Thompson. Uh, heard him speak, and like we talked about, it was one of the one that made a big impact on me, and I really enjoyed it. And um, just in just how he talked, and it was a real pleasure. And you'll hear a lot of that through how his his passion and how he pours into his players. Uh, I love how he says that. And that's 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 something that Coach Thompson said, and I'm just it, it, after speaking to him, it's just where we're at so it's um it was a real pleasure i want to thank him i want to thank you guys at netting pros for sponsoring our podcast powering us up netting pros are improving programs one facility at a time netting professionals specialize in design fabrication installation of custom netting for backstops batting cages dugouts scoreboards bb screens and ball carts they also design and install digital wall padding windscreen turf turf protectors dugout benches dugout cubbies and more Netting professionals continue to provide quality products and services to many recreation, high school and college fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Contact Will Miner. Contact the guys at Netting Pros at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest projects and projects. Thank you to those guys. Thank you guys for hanging on. And here he is. Coach Mitch Thompson. I think we work hard at trying to make the kids know that we care more about them as people than just baseball players, you know. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I honestly want to have a relationship with these kids 
you know, throughout the rest of my life. And, and, you know, we've been able to do that over the years. And, you know, here I am now in year number 32 coaching college baseball. And I've got, I've got uh, players that are over 40 years old, you know, now that, uh, that you know, <laughs> buddies. So it's kind of weird, you know, but uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. We got, we got a bunch of good kids that have come through and, uh, you know, you just, you're, you're, you try and help these guys reach their goals and dreams and you pour into them and uh, help them grow up. And it's just, you know, it's, it's about more than just baseball. That's right. Has it always been like that for you? Has, has somebody kind of, you know, along the way kind of taught you those things or is this kind of just always been how you, who you are? Um, I, you know, I, I got into college baseball, uh, a gentleman named Pat Harrison. Pat was the uh, assistant coach at Oral Roberts University when I met him and, and uh, I was a kid going to his camps and, and I said, I want to be like him because you could tell that he loved his players. And, uh, Pat actually helped me get my start in college baseball. Uh, you know, he's, he's the one that recommended me to coach Polk at Mississippi state for a graduate assistant job. And, uh, I'll never forget it. Ron Polk called me up on the, I sent my resume to him on a Monday and on a Wednesday night, Ron Polk called me up and said, Hey, uh, if you're good enough for Pat Harrison, you're good enough for us. We'd like to have you next year. And I was just blown away. Oh my gosh, I'm going to get to go to Mississippi state and just start this thing. Yeah. So, you know, just, just having people around you that poured into you. And, and I think Coach Polk was that way. I know Coach Harrison was that way. Uh, then got a chance to work for Coach Hal Baird at Auburn and, and Steve Smith at Baylor. And, you know, just good people that um, all, all want to win and, and, and all have won a lot. But uh, not, not ever at the, you know, not ever at the expense of the players. You know, the players are always the most important thing. For sure. Definitely the lifeblood. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, 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 it's great. I mean, it's just, especially to see a guy like that, that win at the highest level, you know, and, you know, you can see, like I said, you, you look at your resume and you, you've never lost. I mean, you're, you may, you, what you've been in the college world series, one, two, three, three times in division one, and then yeah. four, and then of course, four times, you know, been there multiple times at Juco level. Yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, we've, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've got to learn from great, great coaches and great people and be in great programs. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun. So um, just try and help these guys get better and win, win every game that you get a chance to play. Right? Sure. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So what, like, coach, the, you know, those four, the, the, the four different, you know, let me sure you've been, I guess, what, four, seven, and what you've been, to, you've been to five of world series, I guess, but right. Two Juco's. Three Juco's. And then, Three Jucos and three Jucos. college world series. Yeah. Six college world series. We've been to the world series. Like, so how, how have you, how have you managed those, like the big, those big game situations? How have you being able to, you know, you've done well there. You've now, you know, uh, you know, you just won this year. Like what, what's the difference of how you're managing those games in those big situations? You know, I don't know. Um, you know, uh, when you're an assistant coach of division one, you're not really worried about managing too much. You're just trying to help you trying to help your team win. You know, that's your head coach's job to manage that game. Um, you know, when you when you got when we got to the World Series in 2015, it was the first time in 32 years McLennan had been there. And as the head coach, yeah, you know, then now I am trying to manage everybody and try and keep everybody on the same page. Um, I just think it starts from the fall. I think it starts in how you go about your business every day, you know, um, that 
you know, you set your goals high, you're, you're, you're striving to, for excellence in everything you do from the classroom to off the field, you know, to how you, how you handle yourself and, and you just get the guys to buy in and it does, it's a, it's, it's a process. And this junior college level is a hard level to coach because you don't get multiple, multiple years with these guys. You know I mean? It's one or two years and, and they're gone. There's no seniors to come up next to you and help you. Um, and every group of players is just like the last group of players. They're 18 and the freshmen don't know if they belong. And the sophomores are, are trying to find their way to the next place. And so trying to get everybody on the same page, it's a, it's a heck of a challenge. Uh, but, but, you know, you, you get a good assistant coaches around you and you just continue to grind it out and work it out. And, you know, you, you, you be real honest with kids when you're recruiting them. I think that, Hey, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. If, if this isn't who you are, then please don't come here. You'll, you'll save yourself a lot of hassle and save us a lot of hassle. And, you know, you end up getting the right type of kids to, to come in and join, join up with what you're doing. Mm. You mentioned about like the Juco level and just the challenges of it. Um, you know, if you're you spent nearly 25 years, I guess it was like you spent a ton of time at division one level and to take over the Juco program, do what you do. Like what was, or what do you feel is is is, is, is it just a two year stint being the challenge? Is that the big challenge, or what was the you feel is the biggest challenge there with pulling Juco? Yeah, I mean, the, you know the you know everybody as freshman has a have has a difficult time. I mean, four year school they have a difficult time, and junior college they have a difficult time. They don't know if they belong yet. They wonder how do I fit in? How do I belong? Am I at the right place? Uh, and so there's just so much growing up first leaving home. Uh, the, the nice thing that you have at the division one level that you don't have here is you, you have seniors and you have seniors that you can go up to and go, Hey man, go put your arm around that guy and just say, Hey man, you just follow me, stick around me, do what we do here and you're going to be fine. Um, you know, you, we just don't have that. And so here it's a much shorter time, time frame. You don't get the multiple years to continue to build your culture. Your culture has to be built every year as opposed to it kind of carrying over from one year to the next, because, you know, you're going to lose at least half your team at this level every year at the division one level. That's not how it works. You know, you're not losing half your team ever. Um, you know, if, if, if they're all coming back, you know, I mean, if you, if you keep them happy and they're coming back, you're not losing half your team. So when you lose half your team every year, you have to rebuild your culture every year. And that's the challenge. That's the, that's the thing that's hard. It's a difficult part of it. Can you dive into like how you do it each year? Is it the same kind of process, or you? How how do you? It's just creating the out the idea that hey, we're trying to be excellent, uh, and and you know, um, trying to help these guys understand what it is to be to growing up, and you know, they come from a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different family situations, and and trying to get everybody on the same page. Uh, you know, some guys. Some guys came from really great families and other guys came from families that, 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 that struggled and, 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 you know, are, are broken. And, and so it's just a, it's a, it's a dynamic deal trying to get the guys to understand that serving each other is big. Uh, one of the things that we do, you know, that I, that I love and, and it's fun to watch it happen is I, I tell them all at the very beginning of the year, when we're out here practicing, I want you to look for ways to encourage your teammates and to recognize their efforts. So, you know, if we're in batting practice and you have an outfielder who makes a really nice running catch on a game react on a BP swing, 
you know, there'll be six or eight guys going at a baby, you know, and they'll be calling out his name and hollering it out at him. Or you got an infielder who makes a big play, or you got a, a hitter who squares up the ball and hits, hits the heck out of it. You know, the other three or four guys around the cage will be calling out his name, go out of baby, keep swinging it, you know, and it's fun to watch that kind of, kind of morph into being just uh, natural to them as opposed to having somebody tell them to do it. I don't think that they've done it before, you know, but look for ways to compliment your teammates and their efforts and, and notice, notice their efforts. And it's fun because, once you get your name called out by your other teammates, man, you're working hard to get it called out again. Mm -hmm. So you make that one great catch and now you want to go make another one. And so you're, you're giving great effort out there all day, every day. And you're really improving yourself as a player. Some of it's the, because you like getting a little pat on the back from your teammates. And so that's one of the ways, um, helping hold each other accountable, helping, helping each other get to class, you know, um, take care of their, their, their schoolwork and stuff. I mean, it's just serving the team, creating a serving, creating a serving atmosphere. And I think probably the biggest part of that, one of the biggest parts of that is that if, that, if, if we're asking the players to serve each other, then we have to truly serve our players as coaches. And if we'll do that, then they'll get in line and they'll start serving each other too. Pretty soon you have everybody pulling the rope in the same direction. Nobody's more important than the team. We're all in this together. And great things happen. Absolutely. Um, with how do you so with, with the revolving, you know, like you said, almost every year you're you're losing half the team. Is it something from the standpoint, or do you encourage guys to go on as kind of as soon as they can to this biggest school, or are you still are you trying to keep them for two years? Do you? How, no, how do you do that recruiting I, plan? I definitely want to keep it for two years because it'll, yeah. help, it'll help us win, no question. Uh, you know, I mean, once you help a guy, you know, get to the point where he's that kind of a player that other people might want him, yeah, you want him because he's going to help you all win. But at the same time, you got to do what's right for the kid, and there's nothing that we can do to keep him here anyhow. I mean, really, seriously, the only thing that we can do to keep him here is to make sure that they want to be here make sure that they have a great experience while they are here where they, they can't, you know, there's, there's no way that they're, they're not, they want to be here. Uh, and we've had kids before. I mean, we, you know, we've had guys before have opportunities to go to big time place and they go, no nah, coach, I'm going to stay here. And I've had guys before say, Hey man, I, if I could stay at McLennan for four years, I'd stay right here. That's cool. It's neat, neat to hear that. Uh, but no, we, we definitely want them here because again, our only our only way of revolving that culture is to get freshmen to come back and help teach and, and be sophomores and help teach the freshmen how to do it. Sure. And it's hard. It's just a hard deal because they change roles so quickly from freshman to sophomore, as opposed to at the four year school from a freshman to a senior, where you kind of morph into that role. All right. No, I I to, I totally agree. I just I I think I was just. I just loved your responses to all that. Like there were so many great things that just kind of showed who you are through that answer. You know, <laughs> of course I know we want our players to stay as long as we can. And that's it. But like for you to come out and say, you know, you're one, it fits what's best for the kid. And then two was a matter of the only way, like, I think the biggest thing out of that, the only way we're really keeping them there is to, to, to let them, to give them the best experience, you know, to make them love it here. You know, I think so those are just, it was just yeah. an unbelievable response. 
well, we're not going to be able to, we, we can't, we can't do it with facilities or crowds or travel experiences kind of like, you know, I mean, like they may have at the division one level or the, the ooh and the ah and the ego, that's never going to happen. But, you know, we had a kid here last year named Logan Henderson and Logan was, um, I mean, you know, before he got here, after we signed him, he kind of took a jump, made a jump and all the division ones came to come, come and get after him a little bit recruiting wise. And I was worried that we may not get him here. And uh, Logan said, no, coach, you guys were the ones that were on me to start with. Whenever nobody else wanted me, I'm coming. And he came and halfway through his freshman year, yeah, he ends up signing with Texas A&M. So he's, you know, he signed to go after his freshman year to go to Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. And that, that's great. That's what he wanted to do. It was the right thing for him. Fine. But then he got drafted. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the draft was a serious possibility for him. And um, so he had a decision to make. What am I going to do? And he ended up signing professionally. And he's, he's out playing pro ball now and good for him and couldn't be more happy for him. If he wouldn't have got drafted where he wanted to get drafted, we had a legit shot shot of him coming back. Mm. And obviously, I can't I can't line up and beat Texas A and M for players. Right. Often. I mean, no way. Uh, but Logan understood that you know the opportunity to be draft eligible again as a sophomore. He had such a great experience here this last year. It was kind of you know. We had a shot. He was he was going to consider it. I guarantee it. If he didn't get picked where he wanted to get picked, and so mm-hmm. we'll just see, you know. And at that point in time, you just say, "Hey, man, you got to do what's right for you." And if it's time to go, it's time to go. And if it's time to stay, then stay here. So, um, hopefully, hopefully they have a good enough experience. They want to be here. That's the whole deal. That's it. I just like I said, I love that response. I just I love that, and I think it just it just really speaks to you, coach. It's awesome. Um, so like. I, just, just what, just what are you thinking right there with the Logan? Um, you said Logan Henderson, right? Yeah. But just with that, like, just the, let's say this, because I just find it very unique. Uh, and again, JUCO is a unique animal. Um, how do you do like, like alumni? So, like, was he considered a like alumni? Like, how do you, like, how do you deal? Like, you know, being there nine years now. Like, do you have guys that come back? Do you have like an alumni? You know, guys that go like with that with that with you know guys leave after one year, they still alumni. Yeah, you oh, gotta, you know, still, stuff like that. I mean, whether they get the degree or not, they're still alumni. Uh, and most of our guys will go on and get their, the, you know, get their uh, the AA degree from McLennan, and 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 you know, most of them are going on to four year schools and getting getting that four year degree too. Uh, you know, um, but yeah, he's a, he's definitely an alumni. I mean, you know, <laughs> Kyle, the Kyle, the JUCO pitcher of the year, All American. You know, struck out seventeen in the in the championship game. Yeah, he's an alumni. If he's oh not, yeah, he got any. <laughs> yeah, I, it just you know, I mean, just like what you said with the challenge of guys, even one or two years. You know, how do you how do you build an alum? How or, and have you have you been able to build like an alumni base? Like, how do you guys? You know what? It's probably one of the things that I've really dropped the ball on. I mean, we I stay in touch with our players, but I have not set up uh, alumni events and stuff. And it's something that I've wanted to do. I just find it really difficult to get it set up just the time yeah. yeah. with all we're doing, trying to, and, and then, you know, about the time I really wanted to felt like I dropped the ball and I needed to do it. COVID hit. And, mm. and at that point in time, you're like, Oh my gosh, well now, now we can't do it. Um, and, and, you know, we're still kind of battling that kind of thing a little bit. So 
Um, I'm definitely going to create some alumni opportunities. You know, McLennan's a, a traditionally strong baseball program. I mean, you know, we've won two different national titles here, you know, back in 1983 and, and 2021. And so, you know, there's a lot of players that had great experiences in college baseball here. And, and uh, I need to get them back on campus to see what we're doing and become, you know, continue to be a part of our program. So uh, it's one of the things I probably, I probably dropped the ball on and need to do a better job of as fast as I can. Oh, okay. yeah. I just, I just didn't even know, like just the, the parts of that, the realistic, like the, the realist, you know, reality of, of those kind of things, you know, just being with the JUCO program, you getting guys one or two years, just the reality of it. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's definitely some challenges up within it for sure. But like you said, of being able to the, the sheer timing and, and things like that. So just uh, just just unique. You know, like I said, it is, it's such a unique level, but it really serves a purpose. You know, what what was something that has changed your mind since you have then entered this ju- the Juco world here? Huh, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know about changing my mind. I can I understand why kids would want to come to a junior college as opposed to going to some four year schools. You know, I mean, uh, the education is is fairly inexpensive, you know, yep. uh, especially if you're getting scholarship. It's really inexpensive. And and the opportunity to get drafted twice, you know, and after your freshman year and after your sophomore year are big things uh, to keep your draft options open. Uh, and then, you know, the opportunity to continue to chase to go to your dream school, maybe you know, out of, out of high school, your dream school didn't have any room for you. And, and so you still get your chance to continue to chase your dreams. So I understand why kids would want to come here. I think it's a great level. Um, you know, in, in the past several years, we've had kids go all over the country. And, um, you know, I mean, when, when the kids leave here and they go to Ohio state and they get, they finish up and they get the Ohio state university degree that they get the exact same degree that that guy that was there for four years gets. Uh, they just paid a whole lot less money for it. And for a lot of people, that's a heck of a bargain. You know, uh, we've had a kid go and get a, get an Ivy league education at Columbia university in two years leave hmm. McCl- and, 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 and get an Ivy league degree at Columbia. Uh, you know, so it's the same exact degree. They don't put an asterisk next to it for coming to the JUCO, but you get it a whole lot cheaper, and uh, and that opens up flies. <laughs> Absolutely, no, that's a great way of putting it too. Great way of putting it. It's the same degree, no matter what if you took it two or four years. Even. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> Absolutely is. Oh yeah. Uh, well, that's great. I appreciate all the you know the candor with um you know with JUCO, and it is. It's great to give it a good positive spin and just show the great things that you can do with it. So, and especially with like you said, you you've coached at Miss like big time programs and to see, you know, that they're the tremendous value that you still have in JUCO program. For sure. So just thinking about man, like your, your ABCA, you know, like I said, it was one of the best, one of the best that, that I've seen, uh, especially that weekend. Um, just looking at mm-hmm. it, it, the hitting, right. So you've been a hitting coordinator and um, just thinking of like, your team. So if you would, I would have to say like the, like the biggest thing I took away from that, like one of the really cool things was, was your three base drill. Yeah. So like, like you mentioned a couple of them, do you have like a series of the three base drills or is it most of the ones you touched on was like your bread and butters that you basically just stick with those? We call our three base drill and then we'll, we'll hit it and we'll hit it hard, you know, for five minutes once a week or something, you know, and it's just, it's just a little reminder. Um, and it is amazing when, when you you see that translate into the game, you know, and, and so 
you know, the base running stuff that we've put together, we've tried to put it together. And, and that I shared at the, at the convention was we try to put it together to um, be very realistic. I mean, these are things that are going to happen in the game that make a huge difference for your team. You know, uh, the ball and dirt reads, uh, the line drive reads, uh, the reading the outfield throw reads, uh, you know, uh, those are all things to taking the next base and kind of being a relentless offensive team. And I think that, I think that base running is something that, I mean, it's team, it's team, you know, uh, and it does help show players instincts too. You know, so a guy that runs the bases really well, um, anybody that's watching him play is going to be writing down, wow, this guy's got great baseball instincts just from watching him run the bases. Um, so it's something, but, but it's something that doesn't get taught very often and it's something that does get overlooked. And we expect that kid to take that ball and dirt read. We expect that kid to, uh, to be able to read that line drive and get a good jump on the ball and score when he should and, and not get doubled off when he, when he shouldn't but we, we don't seem to have ways to practice it very often. And, you know, it's just one of those things where we've tried to come up with ways as to how can we practice this so that we can really kind of hold these guys accountable that this is how you do it. Um, but those, yeah, those are just very realistic drills that we do. And um, I, I just thought that they were worthy of sharing. And I'm glad that people thought that they were good. Very, 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 very good. And, and even got to me because, the, the biggest thing with me was it is about base running, right? So like a lot of what you were doing was base running yeah. where like, I felt like for me, like as a coach, like I was spending so many time base stealing, you yeah. know, and like that was our three base we're doing, like we're doing three base stuff and it's all based off of like looks on the pitcher. We got a le- left, left, slow, left, you know, left hand or slow leg lift. You know, we're doing like our new vault leads or, you know, we're our leads at second base. It was, so what your stuff, but what I really liked is like, this has to be taught too, because yours like bait, like you said, the base running part of it is like, like the line drive read, and you're here hitting it into the screens, and then you, you go to the outfield and you hit it in, so you guys are are reading the, the outfield. I'm like yeah. this, like the, like that's where like I was like, it was one of those things where like man, I wasn't I wasn't teaching that. Like we were so where our base running was it was stealing, like that was that was really yeah. it, you know. Well, you always see those you always see those guys. Where, where you watch a ball game and, and you see that outfield throw go way up and that guy doesn't take the extra base and the coach is standing over there in the third base box going, what are you doing? And the thing that we have to keep remembering as coaches too is, you know, for myself, this is year number 32. For my players, this is college year number one. Mm. So while I think it's pretty elementary, hey, man, this is pretty basic stuff. You've got to have this down. He doesn't. He doesn't have it. He hasn't had 32 years of watching it. He's, this is his first year. We've got to teach those guys those things. And so these little things, just, just ways of how to read those ball and dirt reads, how to read that outfield throw, you know, paying attention to where the defenders are playing in the infield so that you can get a good jump and not get doubled up on a line drive. Um, and, and when you practice them and then you watch it all come together, you realize how big a part of base running is in team offense. And that's what, you know, that's what the talk was, was maximizing our team offense. And, you know, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to get up there and talk swing mechanics, you know, this and that. I mean, you know, there's so many different ways. I mean, I've told kids forever, Hey, you stand up there and you swing that bat over your head, straight over the head and you hit line drives. And I'll tell people I taught you how to do that. That's great. You know? <laughs> I don't care. I just want, I, I want, I want, I want performance. And, uh, 
you know, so, but, but, you know, swing mechanics are part of it, but then, but then your approach and the psychology and, and, and how you go about your at-bats is definitely part of maximizing your team offense. And then the third part, part is base running. And so that's what, you know, the main part of the talk was just those, those last two point, points talking about approach and, uh, and then, uh, you know, how to practice base running stuff. Yeah. And that, and there's, like I said, and there's base running things. We're just, <clears throat> yeah, it's just, that's when people talk base running, they just talk stealing. And I thought that was a really nice part, a really great part of that coach. I think it really was. I mean, just the creativity of it too. And, and putting stuff out there and just the sheer, like, ah, oh, man, it was, it was really good. Uh, Cause typically, even like, you know, typically the main point is that's why we do live BP, right? We're doing BP, you get your base running groups and you're going to get your base running that way. Right. Oh, and that's, that's it. We do that too. Right. Yeah, but, but you're getting monster reps and great and multiple reads doing it your way with the three base draw at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, just 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 working at different different little aspects and trying to trying to put the kids in different situations where they got to continue to think and understand and learn and you know why is this important? Well, this is why. And sometimes you know, I mean, you know, heck, man, we, sometimes I feel like I have to about create a coup on my team for my team to really get it. And, 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 you know, where, where I'm on them, on them, on them, on them. And then all of a sudden they get it and I can go watch them and they just take off and go. And so it's a lot of fun then, but there's, 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 there's some fight in it trying to get everybody on the same page for sure. I'm sure. I'm sure there is. You know, I, and I even like, um, and I'm not sure about your staff challenge or anything like that, but I even like the, uh, the ability where, you know, life happens and you're by yourself. Like that was a three base show. That was like a, you, you basically run it by yourself. Sure. Like guys, it's, it still could be possible. Guys could do that by themselves if they'll pay attention to the little, the minor yeah. details of it. You know, I mean, yeah, they can do that by themselves. It's not like they couldn't do that. Do different things. Well, that's true too. Yeah, they can even probably put a tee out there and hit something off the tee or and sure. do it that way. Absolutely, that's true. So yeah, I mean, um, I don't. I mean, for those people who just haven't seen it with the ABC, like with the three base drill, like. Um, are you typically when you do do it like because under like I'm thinking of the first one when you got guys, you know, first to third, second to scoring, uh, going mm -hmm. the first, you're typically always just hitting the are you hitting the two side or just always typically hitting the, to the one screen? Well, no, no. I mean, dur during that drill, the 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 hitter at home plate is he's just simulating a ground ball to the short shortstop in the six hole, so he's running a hard ninety. He's hitting the front back front part of the base two steps past, dropping, drop, breaking down, staying in the baseline, looking right, seeing for an overthrow, and then looking left to see if anybody's covering second base. We have a second group starting at first base. They're simulating a base hit to right field or to the right field line, a single where they would use the third base coach to decide if they're coming or not coming. And so we, we work on our three signals from that where the third base coach is either pointing at the base uh, if, if I'm pointing at second base, then that means one step past the bag, turn to the inside, find the ball. If I'm, if I'm holding them up, it's three steps past the bag, turn to the inside, find the ball. And if I'm bringing them, then come on to third base. And so we're working on that, that ball that's hit behind them where they have to use the third base coach. You know, any other ball in the outfield from the right fielder over all the way to the left field line. Hey, it's your read, man. The ball's in front of you. You make the call. Don't be looking to me as the coach. But that ball from the right fielder to the right field line, yeah, you need help from the third base coach. So we're working on that. And then the third 
third part of it is to have a group at second base and they're just working on their turns and working on scoring with, for me, the big thing at home plate is full foot at home plate. I mean, getting my full foot in on home plate, not, not half on a half off, not a toe off, not a heel off a whole foot. And so paying attention to stepping on home plate. And, uh, that's, that's just, again, one of my pet peeves about base running and, and no, I haven't ever had a guy miss home plate and it cost us, but that's maybe why we have miss home plate and it cost us because we pay attention to that. So, um, you know, and those are just little minor details of the game and, and quickly do it. And they're all going off of the guy at home plate, just simulating just the start and slapping his hand. That's the ball hit. Okay. Well, so as he loads, the runners at first and second base are getting their secondary leaves. He hits the ball. There we go. They're doing three different things. And so it, it's just putting guys in different situations. There's probably lots of different ways that you could do that. Mm-hmm. Come up with another, you know, several different three base drill options, but that's just ours that we've done. Maybe I'll think of a couple more and try and put a couple more in and, and add this thing up. and we'll, <laughs> we'll do something else with it next time. There you go. A little three base series. Yeah, three <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, I definitely think definitely think you could. Um, oh man, yeah. I just I just I just love the whole concept. And like I said, it just really hit me in between the eyes of like, you know, we're doing too much base stealing and we need to do more base running too as as doing those things. Um but yeah. really cool, really cool stuff. And uh I love your saying of like talk about like, yeah, we all talk about swing mechanics and there's different ways to stu- skin a cat, really. Um some guys swing up, some guys swing down, some guys look at the top, some guys look at the bottom, but it's about performance. I, I love that. I love that concept. And you talked about approach, Coach. How do you teach approach? Uh, I think, first of all, it talks about, you know, approach is all about swinging at strikes and taking balls. It's all about pitch recognition. It's about uh, understanding what pit, the pitcher likes to do, but also understanding what you you do well at yourself, you know, putting yourself in the best position to be successful versus whatever pitcher you're facing versus whatever count you're faced with. Um, so you got to help these guys learn what they do well and, and no, no, uh, you know, what, what does the pitcher do? Well, what's he going to attack me with and how am I going to, I want my guys to always be on the offensive. We're the ones swinging the bat. We're the, op- we're the offensive guy, but he's the guy that has the ball. And so too many times I think hitters get defensive. So you've got to create ways to make guys feel, hey, man, there's two strikes, two strikes on me. This is the situation, but I can still be offensive here because I have an approach as to how to attack this guy. And it starts in BP and it just, you know, um, it, it's, it's, it's a long process to teach approach, no question, but it's, it's, a, it's an individual thing. You know, I mean, I don't want my nine hole guy having the same approach as my four hole guy. I want my nine hole guy to figure out how in the heck to get on base, you know, and uh, my four hole guy, I want, I want him figuring out how to hit the ball out of the ballpark and how to drive in those guys that are on base. So it's just a different, you know, different mentality for each kid. Oh, is that building like BP plans? You try to build BP plans for each of those guys to kind of help them learn who they are. Yeah, and group and group hitters in 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 the same similar groups, you know. I mean, having your bunners in the same group and having your power guys in the same groups, and you know, so you're you're working on a little bit different things sometimes, you know. I think too many times we 
you know, the nine hole guy may not feel, um, feel good about himself offensively because he's a 260 or 270 hitter. And he doesn't understand that, hey, man, if you get on base, but that walk is a big deal. So we have to try and celebrate that for that kid, too. Um, you know, but it's just getting guys to buy into who they are, where they're going to hit in the order, what their job is. Um, but, yeah, have, having, a, having a plan and having an approach for every, for every situation so that they can, they can feel successful and feel offensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking about your BP plans. You know, like you said, you've had three of the last four drafts. You're taking the top Juga pick out of your Adam McClellan, um, you know, and then look at your your, not, your nine guy or look at the guy in the roster. So you seem like you have a pretty big gap. So like just the, the, the amount of like, how are you able to, you know, deal? I I want to say like the just the gap of like you know you got players that are getting drafted and then guys that are still trying to find their way. Like how are you able to to kind of bring the whole team up and kind of meet what meet each kid where they are. Um, I guess, I guess probably just by trying to get guys to uh, be, be honest with themselves and get guys to understand that, um, you know, it's the same way with pitchers. I mean, uh, you know, if you have that left-handed soft tosser, he doesn't need to try and throw hard because he's throwing under the under radar speed, you know, I mean, he's throwing under bat speed. That's, Dude, that's your ticket. You got to trust who you are and do what you do. You can't. We can't all be those ninety-two mile an hour arms. Um, but it's the same way with that with a hitter. Just getting guys to be realistic and honest with themselves. What do I do well, and how can I maximize that for our team? Um, you know, we had a guy last year that, you know, we we found out he had an ability to bunt. We helped him get better at bunting and. And we gave him the confidence to go ahead and do it. And this guy probably had 10 bun hits for us during the season, you know, and he ended up changing his entire value as a, as a player, as a hitter, because he, he, he had a bunch of bun hits, man. It changed mm. batting average. It changed everything about, Hey man, if you're going to give me this, I'm going to take this and turn it into runs. Um, you just got, you got to be honest with the kids. You got to be able to see talent when you see it. And, and you know, hey, get guys to buy in. This is an important role, man, and you can do this. So, so, so do this. Uh, but it's about trusting. How many times do we see guys who uh, we see a, a smaller frame guy, and he tries to come out of his shoes, swinging the bat like a four hole guy, and he can't do it? Where if you'll just, uh, hey, dude, let let balls travel and, and drive balls the other way, and you can be an effective hitter. You know. Um, you know, you're effective for our team if you move that runner from second base to third base with nobody out. You hit that ground ball up to second baseman. You're effective for our team. Getting guys to buy into that, um, and it, it you just got to keep keep on it all year long. But you'll set up you'll set up some situation BPs. You'll set up different things where you're working on on all that stuff. But um, it's it's a mentality, I think. Mentality. Awesome. I think it like because it just goes to show just how important it is, you know. And you're seeing like you're creating a uh, just the mentality when with just being a part of your program, you know. I think that just guys are going to come in there, have a much different, you know, like I said, mentality of, of just of just who they are as they're playing for McClellan and the, the success you've had, and uh, it's just it's, it's incredible. 
but I love this just the simple approach and like really just said it is really based around your relationships you continue to talk you can tell like you're communicating with your players you know you're having those 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 conversations where guys just need to know this is just where you are yeah um, trust yourself man trust your yeah. ability you do yeah we had we had an old saying when I was at Baylor be you you know and it was it was Baylor University be you and I just said hey man be you you got to be you you can't be somebody else. You got to be you, and it's so, so. It's kind of the same same type of thing. Um. So, like, speaking of like mentality, you know, and you heard a lot of Brian Kane stuff and the mental stuff kind of side of things. Like, what, um, what, you know, and you've talked about approach, and you've talked about the mentality. Like, do you, you know, with these younger players, guys, the first year college guy. Do you bring in any of that talk? Are you bringing in the mentality part uh, on the mental side of things and incorporating that into practice? We do parts of it, you know, some of it. Um, I don't, I don't go, I don't, I don't go all in on it. You know, where every set, every second we're stepping out, we're catching our breath. We're looking at the bat. We're, but, but you've got to have ways to know who you are and know when you're sped up and know how you're going to calm yourself back down. So yeah, we work on it. We talk about it. Um, and some guys do it better than others, no question, right? And, and so um, it's, a, it's a big, big part, you know, trying to get these guys to understand um, how they've got, to, they've got to control their emotions or else their emotions control them. And, uh, and it's a big deal for me, too, as a coach, because I got, I, got to keep, I, got to, I got to keep working on her, too. You know, I mean, there's times when I get sped up and I'm – Man, you know, I'm I'm watching that scoreboard too dead gum much at the time, and I got to hey, it's a nine inning game. Just breathe, keep keep chugging along, do it, staying with the process. Don't worry about where you're at right this second. Love that, and and I love it. Just again, it just it just speaks so much to you, Coach. About I got to work on it too. I got to be on this. You know, like I'm not. You know, you're, you're so. <laughs> it's just I just like you know, like it just it just it speaks to the leadership and just who you are, Coach. I think it's just it's awesome. You know, it's just it's, it's great. Well, that's the honesty because every guy that's ever played for me tell you that that's the way it is. So I just I'm, I better just go ahead and own up to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be, I better try and try and try and figure out how I can keep doing better. Uh huh. That's <laughs> awesome. That's great. Sure, your players, your players gotta respect that. So, hey, so here's a, so you've seen some phenomenal players. Do do the really good players that you've had? Do they have those things in common? Like like you said, kind of uh, keeping control of their emotions. Not all of them. No, no. They 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 grow at it just like everybody. I think the guys who are the, you know, that ended up being the great players. Um, they they all have certain characteristics in common. Um, they are incredibly hard workers. They have an incredible passion to improve. They, um, you know, they, they are, they, they know where they're going too. you know, I mean, I'm not there yet, but I know where I'm going. You know, I'm on the road to getting there and I'm, I'm striving for it every day. I mean, their passion for the game and their, their work ethic for the great ones, for the all Americans, for all those guys that get drafted high, that's how it works, man. They know where they're going. Um, they, they're. I'm just passing through, but I am going to use this time to really use it as a stepping stool or a springboard to help me get where I want to go as fast as I can get there. Um, and not all of them are great players or were great players. I mean, 
you know, I, I used Logan Henderson, but here, when we recruited Logan Henderson, he was an 87 mile an hour right-hander. Okay. Uh, 5'11", six foot at best. If you loved him, right-hander, 87 miles an hour. But the kid could pitch, man. He could really pitch with three pitches and a great competitor and had a passion. And you just saw it. And he, I didn't know he was going to turn into being a 94-mile-an-hour arm, you know, in, in the next year and a half of watching him do it. But his work ethic and his passion and that's Comes and then you got a now you got a ninety four mile an hour arm who can pitch, mm. who, who's a great competitor, who who's always he he's always got it done with less stuff than everybody else. Now he's got as much stuff as everybody else, and he's got more pitchability and competitiveness. He goes off the chart, um, but they, but he knew if you would have asked Logan Henderson, are you are you, are you going places? Yeah, I'm going places. It didn't surprise him, you know. Um, I remember Kip Wells. Kip Wells was a first rounder for us out of Baylor that ended up pitching for about 10 years in the big leagues. And, you know, we had our, our Christmas party that first year and everybody brought a white elephant gift and Kip, Kip brought a signed baseball, Kip Wells, (laughs) you know, I mean, freshman, he's never won a game. And his whole mentality was, you're going to want this ball. This is going to be a, uh, this is going to be a big deal someday. You know, he knew where he was going. There was no doubt in Kip's mind where he was going. He was going to work hard to get there. Jason Jennings, very humble, you know. He ends up being rookie of the year in in, in, college, in, in professional baseball and, and about, you know, eight, ten-year career in the big leagues as well. Those guys all knew where they were going. They knew who they were, and they weren't concerned with what anybody else thought about anything. I mean, I'm going to listen. I'm going to learn. I'm going to improve. And... Uh, you know, when it happens for me, it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Um, so I think the great ones have a mentality. They have a passion. They uh, Sometimes you probably don't see it unless you go watch a kid play a bunch. You know, you got to go see him play a bunch. But all of a sudden you look out there and you go, wow, look at that guy. Mm. I'll take that guy. And, yeah. and, and once you've done it for as many years as I have, then what you see is you go, this, this guy reminds me of that player that I had. He was very similar to this guy and, or this guy that I saw play against us and yeah, let's go get him. And so you, mm-hmm. you start recruiting guys like that and bringing in those guys. If you bring in guys with great mentalities who are great competitors, you're going to win and their talent level will, will get better every, every year. And so being the great recruiter that you are, you know, you're known for uh, as, as much recruiting as you've done even before McClellan, your whole career is how do you pinpoint that? McClellan. 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 I'm sorry. McClellan. I told you we've, we said it how many different times now? Sorry. <laughs> I can't so, tell. I know. And I speak too fast sometimes. So I know I'm butchering that. I say it way too fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's my man well, I'm sorry <laughs> I speak way too fast sometimes I get too fired up yeah. <laughs> um so before you time I'm just thinking about how as as a great recruiter that you are uh how are you pinpointing those things uh from from the from the type of mentality you're looking for those competitors and the mentality pay attention to kids watch them 
You know, I mean, I'll watch them coming into the ballpark, watching them leave the ballpark, watching how they interact with their teammates, uh, watching if they're having fun. You know, um, I don't want a kid in our program that I'm going to have to kick to go work hard. I want a guy that I'm going to have to go. I want a guy that I'm going to have to go up to him and go, hey, man, you've had enough swings today. It's time for you to go home. Okay, take a breath. Okay, Uh, you know, so watch how they go about it. Do they love it or not? If they don't love it, it's going to be hard for them to ever be as, you know, I tell every one of our kids when we recruit them, I want you to want to play in the big. I want, you know, if you don't want to play in the big leagues, then I'll be honest. I really don't want you here. Not that you, but I'm not going to want to have to kick you to work hard. I want you to want this so bad that you're just passing through, man. I'm going here. Now that doesn't mean that every one of our kids is going to play in the big leagues. I'm not that naive, but you know what? The lessons that these guys learn by working hard and striving for excellence and pushing themselves and doing all that, it'll, it, it, it'll end up making them winners in either the game of baseball at the end where they make it to the big leagues and they, they, they achieve all these great things or else, you know what? I'll be a winner in business and I'll be a winner as a realtor. I'll be a winner as, and, and they are, and, and I've seen it happen over the years. I mean, so just seeing guys that have passion that aren't selfish, that, that are team guys that play the game hard, that compete. And then you got to have talent to start with, but I mean, you know, talent's not enough. Talent's not enough. If your mentality's bad and you have a really talented team, you're going to lose a lot. So it's just fun. It's fun trying to put together teams. It's fun to be able to recruit kids, but you got to get out there and watch kids play. Mm-hmm. Got to know what you're looking for. And when I say that, I mean for for us now, it's it's easier for me now because I've I've done it for years. Where, you know, yeah, I, I like that guy. Well, and I don't care if anybody else likes him or not. I like him because I've watched him enough play. Um, and and I'm not. I, I wouldn't say you know, I'm any better than anybody else doing it. But I, I've worked a lot of years of going out and seeing a lot of games and watching a lot of players play. And I, I think I know the guys that are going to keep getting better. I, I think I can see where they're going, maybe even before they see where they're going sometimes. Can you put that into words? Because I think a lot of guys have a hard time putting that into words. And just thinking about you and like you're just how it just you're like, can you put uh, that into words? Like where you could, how you can see or what might you look at to say like this where this kid can go? Watching a kid that's, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's an athletic kid, but not a, not a, you know, maybe he's a 170 pounder, you know, instead of a 200 pounder. Uh, but looking at him and saying, wow, his arm works great. Um, he throws strikes, um, or, or he's a shortstop and look, he's got good feet and he's quick, but he's, 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 he's like a young baby deer, you know, out there. It's, it's, it, he's not the grown man yet, but when he, you know, I mean, I get up, I get up, and I'll watch. I'm going to ask kids if they're shaving every day. I'm going to look. I'm going to see. Are you shaving every day or not? You know, I'll, I'll look at their feet size. I want to see how big their feet are. You know, guys end up growing and maturing at different ages. And so part of the key is catching them when they still have a lot of upswing left. And so you like, I like seeing those kids, those kids with that little peach fuzz, you know, <laughs> they're competing, their arm works and they're athletic and they're, you know, they have some actions, they have some spring to them, um, you know, some bounce. Uh, those guys keep getting better, it seems like, you know, and then pretty soon they're not the, they're not six foot or six one one seventy or six one one sixty five. 
you know, pretty soon they're 6'2", 200, and all of a sudden they're real bodies and real strong kids that, 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 can, that can play the game. So get out to the ballpark and watch kids go, watch them play, and, but then look at, you know, um, do they have more left in the tank? I tell all of our players, I want our guys, especially in the fall, we're going to be cleanly shaven. I'm not going to let them, I'm not going to let them grow a full beard, you know, because I, I tell them this, I think for the rest of your career in baseball, you want to look young. Mm-hmm. If you're 35 years old and you're playing in the big leagues. You know what you want to look, you want to look young because you want that extra contract. And as a 21 year old kid, I don't want to look like a, or an 18 year old kid. I don't want to look like a 24 year old guy. I want to be an 18 year old guy where somebody can dream on me that there's still more in the tank. He's going to have a, he's going to, he's got a big jump left in him here in another year, maturity wise. Um, you know, as he, as he keeps, keeps, keeps maturing. Um, I don't know. I, I just think that that's a big key. That's a big key to it. Getting guys that still have upswing. Still upswing and looking young. I think those are yep. very valuable extremely valuable things to talk about and they're real they're very real a lot of people don't realize that um because you know especially like those guys because it's always a fight because you know we're also trying to get their maturity up and get teach the mentality and things like that but you're saying the physical side of it where we give a chance to look young um that's good and i think that's a very valid point really smart very very well, smart. our kids they're they're not only trying to play for us they're trying to get to the next place and so the next guys are going to want to see those guys too. They want to see that the pro guys, pro guys want to see that kid who looks young. He's got upside. Yeah. He's not, he's not a finished product. Same thing with the division one guys. They want to see those guys that they go, Hey man, this guy's going to make another jump. Um, and sure enough, if they'll work really hard when their bodies hit that spurt and they click it, then they do boom, boom. And it's, it's almost like it's overnight. Hmm. Awesome. Love it. Love it, coach. Um, just thinking about just, and as we wrap up here, here we are at an hour in. Um, I'm just thinking of just over, over this time, you know, you seem like you still love it. You know, your, your passion, your things burning pretty, <laughs> burning pretty hot. And I'm just, you know, what, what keeps you going coach? Like what, what is something that just keeps you, keeps you moving? And like you said, keep trying to get better. Yeah, I don't know what else I would do. I know this. I'm doing what God wants me to do. Um, I've known since I was in the eighth grade, I wanted to be a college baseball coach. And that's because of I, I saw Pat Harrison and I had I had a, a high school wrestling coach, Rocky Welton, that poured into kids. And I said, I want to be like those guys. I want to have an impact on people's lives like that. And so, you know, yeah, I've I've got pretty good energy for a 56 year old guy. My body's not any good anymore, but my motor runs pretty fast. Um, and, and our kids, you know, I mean, they'll practice fast, whether I, whether I move as fast as I used to or not, that's, that's, that's obviously not the case, but they'll, they'll get after it and go. Um, but yeah, I don't know what else I would do. I think I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do. I've, I've said forever. I'm, I'm one of the luckiest guys in the world. I don't, I've never been to work a day in my life. I'm coaching college baseball, man. They're paying me to do this. Are you kidding? It's awesome. Um, and for me, the impact that the opportunity to help these guys mature, the opportunity to have an impact on their lives and to make a difference for them, just like coaches had it made a difference in my life. Um, that's what fuels me. Um, I want these guys to come to my funeral, man. I want them to tell my two daughters, I loved your dad. 
Um, and because and if I and if I pour into them and they do that, then man, I've been I've been successful. Nobody's going to ask me how many games or championships you won, but when those kids all show up at your funeral and they go, and you, you've had coaches, all of us have had people in our lives that made that kind of an impact on us. So um, I'm fortunate that I get the chance to try and help these kids grow up and become better men. And uh, man, gosh knows our country needs that, right? So we need we, we need we need grown men. So. Uh, I get I get a chance to impact 30, 40 guys a year. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. Uh, I, I I don't know if we should ask anything else. I don't know if we should talk about anything else because that was a pretty remarkable way to wrap things up. Um, Good to me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, that was I, – I really appreciate it. Coach, uh, if anybody wants to talk more about your journey, follow you guys more, what's the best way to reach out, contact you? Um, emails, M Thompson at McLennan.edu, M C L E N N A N.edu. Um, you know, Twitter is, 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 uh, gosh, what's my M Tompy T H O M P Y two five, uh, is my Twitter. Um, you know, yeah. If guys want to shoot me an email or, or follow me on Twitter or shoot me a, shoot me a, a direct message like this or that i'll be glad to try and respond and uh you know i appreciate the opportunity to come on here tonight with you and and, uh, and visit it's been fun coach thompson just giving some incredible information just can't thank him enough thank you guys for holding on to us hanging on with us here talking to him uh, just a couple points I just love to reiterate just as you guys talk. I just I loved how he talked about the challenges of JUCO, surrounding yourself with great people, pouring yourself into your players. He came out right at the bat and started talking about pouring into his players and all the people before him poured into his players and how he continues to do that. Um, I loved how he talks about you know, creating the challenge of JUCO with you're basically building a culture every year. You know, you're losing half your team, you're rebuilding it every year. And really had talked about I think all coaches do this especially with the porter right now we can't control them staying we can't control them being there the only thing we can do is make them love it we can make them love and have a great experience so they don't want to leave the only thing they can do and he that's where he that's where his focus is that's where his controls that love that part starred that on my notes this year is my year 32 but this is my players number one in college baseball he's at 32 years in college baseball this is his player number one he keeps that keep reminding himself to where it might seem very simple to him, but he continues to be patient with his players. Another star item. BU. You know, I loved how he got that with Baylor University, but also it, it reigned true with how he helps his hitters, how he helps his players. Just BU, uh, because he talked about those, the, the characteristics of those great players he had and how they were. They didn't care about other people. They weren't, they weren't concerned with them. They knew where they were going. They knew who they were. They had a passion for improving, incredibly hardworking. And then finally wrap it all up, how he wants his players to tell his daughters that they love them. He wanted their players at their at his funeral to tell his daughters that they loved them. Great way to put it off, send it off, and it's exactly what this is all about and how we're, as Sheets would say, winning the people battle, just like Coach Thompson is. So, again, reach out to him, Twitter, at mtompy, T-H-O-M-P-Y, 25, and his email, mthompson at mclennon.edu. So, Coach Thompson, again, thank you enough. Thank you guys for all your support. 
Hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you next week. So until next week, keep getting better.